You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Welcome to Meeting Pod. This week we're dipping into the vault to revisit a discussion focusing on automation in the poultry processing industry with the principal at Wayne Farms in Jefferson, Georgia. The interview was conducted by Julie Larson Britcher, former technology editor of Meeting Place and founding host of Meeting Pod. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Britcher, science and technology editor for Meeting Place magazine. Welcome to episode 18 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking automated equipment efficiencies and technology advances in poultry processing operations with Michael Crump, Senior Director of Fresh Operations with Wayne Farms. In his role at the nation's seventh largest vertically integrated producer and processor of poultry in the U.S., Michael oversees the company's Big Bird Debone operations in Laurel, Mississippi, Pendergrass, Georgia, and Union Springs, Alabama. He also oversees small bird operations at Wayne Farms' Dothan and Enterprise Alabama facilities, including six hatcheries and grow-out, three feed mills, and five poultry processing facilities, producing a total of 4.5 million birds each week. Previously, Michael was Senior Vice President at WTI Inc., a global leader in food safety and multifunctional ingredients for the food processing industry. He also spent 14 years at Pilgrims in various plant operation roles, including complex manager for multiple locations across Georgia and Texas. Michael takes a balanced approach to achieving operations excellence with a focus on cost reduction and efficiency gains in staffing, utilities, and maintenance, while driving overall increases in plant yield, throughput, and line efficiency. Welcome to Meeting Pod, Michael. I'm delighted to have you as a guest on the podcast today. Thank you, Julie. I'm looking forward to our discussion. Well, you know, as I was thinking about today's interview, I was mulling over the aphorism, a rising tide lifts all boats. And in terms of automation, the poultry processing industry is arguably the most highly automated sector of the meat industry. It seems to me that by leading the way in adopting and investing in automation, poultry processors have really been catalysts of that wave. So during your career, Michael, I'm sure that you've seen the rising tide of automated solutions as it's evolved. So I'd like to start our conversation today with a top line question. What do you think are the most significant or exciting developments in poultry processing automation that you've seen adopted in the industry during your career? Yeah. So I guess the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm thinking back to the beginning of my career in the poultry industry is our evisceration systems. Whenever I first started in the industry, a lot of that work was still being done by hand and at much slower speeds. You know, at that time we were either running 70 birds a minute or maybe 91 birds a minute. But again, it was a very manually intensive process. But soon after that, we started getting the fully automated evisceration lines and what we now refer to as our high-speed evisceration lines but we eliminated the need for the manual processes within those lines. And now we have the ability to run those lines at 140 birds a minute, very efficiently and with much fewer people. And the jobs are easier now. 
And those same lines now with the line speed waivers that have come through over the last few years, we're now able to run those same lines at 175 birds a minute. So much faster processes with much fewer people. And again, the people that are on the lines, the jobs are much easier than they used to be. So I think that's the first one that comes to mind. Thinking more recently, and by that I mean over the last 10 years, the biggest improvements have probably come in the deboning side of the business. Again, for years, we've done that manually. Those are difficult jobs that require a lot of people. But over the last 10 years, we've definitely have had some advancements, more so on the white meat side of the bird. Uh, so when I think about front half deboning, you know, there's a number of different technologies out there that we've used to debone the, the front half of the bird. Now, there are some trade-offs with that. When we start talking about automated white meat deboning, typically, and this is in years past, there's certainly been some advancements over the last couple of years, but when it first started, you know, in the early times, there were some yield concerns. You didn't get as good of yield with the automated technology as you with the manual processes. And I would say the quality wasn't as good. So you might have more risk of bone contamination with the early technology that was out. But in the last few years, that has really improved and kind of come full circle. The yields have improved greatly and the contamination and the risk of bones has gotten better. It's still not perfect, but there has been major improvements and I see it getting better every year. And I think that will continue to advance as we go forward. Now, when I think about the white meat side of the bird from an automated standpoint, we're able to do that on our small bird businesses, which I kind of group in the four and a half pound and down type live weights and on our medium birds or more of your tray pack type size. So maybe a five and a half to six and a half pound bird. The white meat technology has done pretty well for a number of years. However, where we struggle still to this day, and hopefully we can make more advancements in the years to come, is on the big bird side. We have still yet to perfect automated deboning from a white meat standpoint on the big bird, which again is probably eight and a half pounds and up, probably you know closer to nine and a quarter. There have been some recent developments over the last six or eight months that I think is very promising in terms of technology, but it's still early and I think that's yet to be proven. Then as we move into the dark meat side of the bird, Julie, that's doing really well for us. We have thigh deboning, which has been around for a while. That technology has improved greatly again over the last few years. And on the whole leg deboning, we're now able to hang the whole leg and actually debone the drum and the thigh as one piece of meat. And again, there's a number of different companies out there that offer some very competitive technology, and it's really made a lot of advancements over the last couple of years. So we're able to use that more so in our medium-sized bird or our tray pack birds, as well as in our large bird or our big bird deboning operations. So that's really been beneficial for us over the last couple of years, especially as labor has become more and more difficult to find the quality of the work off of the dark meat deboners is actually really good. The yields are actually really good, but that equipment has really worked well for us. And we'll see more and more of that going forward in a lot of our facilities. And then the last but not least, I think the other thing that comes to mind is the introduction of robotics. Now there's a lot of industries out there that use robotics, but the poultry industry up until recently has kind of shied away from it. 
but I think we're starting to see more and more application for robotics, some of the repetitive motions that we do throughout our processes. And so I think that's going to be another one of those things that as we go forward. Well, since we're focusing on automation today, I would like to get your take on deboning and x-ray technologies. How have these technologies benefited poultry processing operations? And what do you think the future holds for these innovations? Yeah, so we use x-ray technology for bone detection in just about all of our processes now. I mean, there was a point in time years ago where that was kind of a premium for anybody that x-rayed and had bone detection capabilities, whereas now it's almost become an expected part of the process, and rightfully so. So we're using a lot of bone detection on all of our processes, whether it's behind a manual line or behind an automated line. So that x-ray technology has really given us a better end result for our product from a food safety standpoint, and it's made us more efficient. So we're able to run every piece of meat through the x-ray and obviously just reject or kick out anything that has a defect, and then at which point we can address that particular portion of the meat. The other thing that we use quite often in our processes is metal detection. So anytime we have a process in which we have the possibility of or the possible introduction of a foreign material, said metal, then we'll have a metal detector in line. And so that could either be raw materials going down a belt or it could be a finished product, either in a tray or a package of some sort, a 10 pound package. So being able to detect for any foreign material like a metal object, whether that's a piece of metal that came off of equipment or from an overhead structure or anything of that nature. And then I would say most recently, the thing that we have now started to incorporate in our processes would be the type of equipment that could detect something like glass. So that's not on all of our processes but it is something that we are certainly starting to incorporate. And I think, again, that will evolve as we go forward. And that is equipment that would detect hard plastic, wood, or as I stated, glass. And so that is certainly a a food safety risk that we're certainly focused on and hopefully we'll get further advancements as we go forward. In the last couple of years or so, the whole idea of foreign material recalls, you know, going up like in 2018, 2019, we haven't seen a lot in 2020, 2021, but it feels like there was a lot of good development in foreign material detection technology. And could you talk a little bit about the potential benefits from an operations perspective? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost is the risk to the consumer. And that's where the importance comes in when we talk about food safety. But then the other factor, though, is simply the cost, whether it's the cost to rework any material that might potentially be contaminated or the possibility of having to condemn or throw away any product that's contaminated to the point that you can't rework it. So that's always an issue as well as just the simple cost factor. And then if worst case, if it does happen to get out of your building and to the customer and you end up having to do a recall, then that certainly becomes expensive for the company. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest benefit. And, you know, I think there's a lot more focus on foreign material and contamination from a food safety standpoint, more so than ever before. 
but we're going to have to continue to work on it as we go forward. And we're going to have to rely on new technologies and new applications of, you know, some of these things like we've talked about, whether it's X-ray metal detection or foreign material detection, that's certainly going to make us much better. The other thing is, as we talk about automation, you know, I'll move into some other applications, and that is using X-ray technology in the automated debone process. So there's a couple of different applications. Some of this is well underway. Some of it's still in development. And I think we'll see more of this in the coming years. But when you think about automated deboning, we now have equipment that's available, especially on the dark meat side, that is actually using X-ray technology that can actually detect and see the bones and use that data and apply that to the debone process from an accuracy standpoint. They're able to cut around the bones, but probably more importantly, there's a size variation as you're running the different products down the line. So by using this X-ray technology, they're able to make adjustments for each piece that comes through the line. So if you have a smaller piece come through and it reads the bone on that smaller piece, it'll make an adjustment to the machine so that it does a better job of deboning that smaller piece of meat from a yield standpoint and from a bone contamination standpoint. Then at the same time, if you have a bigger piece coming through, it reads that bone and it's also able to make that same adjustment. There's other applications where it's important where you make that critical cut between the drum and the thigh, for an example. So you want to know exactly where that joint is. Well, without that X-ray technology, you're not able to establish that. So they're using the X-ray technology to find that joint and make that critical first cut before they begin the debone process. So I think we're going to see more and more of that. Hopefully, we start to incorporate x-ray technology into the white meat deboning process, whether it's identifying where the bones are at on the front half and doing a better job of cutting. But I think we'll see more and more of that as we go forward. The other piece that I think is a real opportunity, some of this is being used in other industries, but it's more around our automated portioning systems. So when you think about our water jet portioners that are available and widely used throughout the poultry industry, I think we're going to evolve to a point where we can actually, so if you think about a butterfly or a fillet going into a water jet portioner, there's a possibility and the risk is still there that you could have a bone still attached to that fillet or to that butterfly. But I think they're going to start incorporating the technology where they can actually detect the bone that's in that butterfly and use the water jet portioner to actually cut out that bone and remove that bone from the fillet. So again, just another step from a food safety standpoint and an advancement. So we have the x-ray technology already within our processes and we have the water jet technology, but it's actually incorporating the two of them to put out a better finished product. The other thing I think, again, that I believe as we go forward that will evolve is any other type of defects. So if you think about could be something like blood spots or it could be woody breast or it could be any other kind of a defect. If you can use the vision or the x-ray technology that's already out there and that is available and incorporate that into your portioning processes, I think you have the opportunity to automate that step and simply detect the process and then at which point remove it 
through your automated portioning process. So I'm excited about that. I know some of that is available in the beef and the pork industry. We're starting to see that there and even into the uh, fish industries. So if we can bring that into the poultry industry, which we're seeing some of that, I think it's going to be a, a big advancement for us. Yeah, that sounds great. And, you know, I was a little bit earlier, you were talking about robotics when I asked you about the significant developments and where we're going in the future. And you made a a little comment. And I think I would like to know, where do you think we're at with DSI robotics for cutting and sorting? And do you think that that's something that's going to accelerate adoption, you know, by in the poultry industry? Yes, absolutely. And some of that's actually out there today. I would say it's in the very early stages. I'm aware of at least two or three facilities that are currently running that technology. And and I would say we're still in the phase of perfecting it. But yes, absolutely. And that is the robotic harvesting of the finished filet behind the portioners. And so by doing that is, you know, that's a hard job. It's very repetitive and it requires a lot of people. So by implementing the automated or the robotic harvesting behind the portioners, you save a lot of people. And then what few people you do still have to include in the process, they're further down line and they may be simply grading out defects at which point. But the physical harvesting of the good fillets behind the portioners, I think, is going to become a thing of the past. So definitely that is the direction they're heading. And I've seen the technology and I certainly believe it has a lot of potential for us. Well, in terms of smart manufacturing applications of the types of automated technologies we've been discussing, you know, the name of the game is obtaining data, you know, that'll drive efficiencies. And I'm wondering, do you think there are any opportunities in the collection and analysis of data from those kind of automated systems or equipment that you're particularly excited about in terms of making process improvements, you know, in poultry applications? There's a couple of them that come to mind. You know, one that has been around for a while. I think we're getting better at applying it and becoming more creative in how it can better our processes is capturing the weight of the product prior to the automated equipment, distributing it to the different pieces of equipment by size. So if I can expand a little further, when you think about the birds coming through the process, you have a natural bell curve. So when you talk about weight distribution, so you have smaller birds, you kind of had the middle of the bell curve, and then you have bigger birds. And if you simply send that bell curve to one piece of equipment and expect it to perform as good as you can from a manual standpoint, that's where you start having the yield losses or even the possible contamination from bone. So if we're able to weigh the product prior to the automated deboning, and then you can send the smaller birds to one machine, send the medium birds to a different machine, and then maybe your bigger birds to a separate machine, then you're going to get a much more accurate process. Your yields are going to be much better. And the possibility for bone contamination is going to be much less. So I think that's a big opportunity to really utilize that data ahead of the deboning equipment to get a better end result. Another spot that we use it in the process is when you talk about yield collection from a standpoint. So if you're sending meat to a portioning or a trim table, you're actually getting a raw material coming into that table, the weight of that raw material. 
And then you get a finished product weight. So by doing that, you're able to track your yields to determine what was your raw material coming in, as well as what's your finished material leaving the uh, process. By having individual stations on these trim tables, you're actually able to track that performance by the individual. So you can also measure your throughput, not just of the line, but also of the individual who's working on the line. You're also able to collect the quality data from that individual that's working on the line as well. So again, not only are you able to manage the quality or the throughput of the line, but you're also able to manage the quality and the throughput of the individuals working on the line. But that's simply because we're capturing the data and using it to our benefit. We're also something that we've started using a lot in our processes is our capturing quality data on the floor real time. So we have our QA technicians, for an example, out on the floor with tablets. So think of something similar to an iPad, but they have tablets on the floor. So before, you know, in years past where we were doing quality checks and writing it down on a piece of paper, and then we would go to the office and enter the data in at the end of the shift, you know, that kind of thing. We're now collecting the data on the floor and entering in a tablet real time so that we're able to capture that information as it's happening. That really becomes important when you start thinking about finished product standards and weight specs that are associated with some of our customers. It can ensure we have compliance in real time, but just as important if there is a deviation or if we do get out of compliance, you're able to stop the process at that point and you've got a much smaller sample that you have to address or potentially rework. You know, you can even go a step further and with that data that we're entering in from a quality standpoint, you can even set it up to send text messages or possibly even emails if need be to communicate whether you want to communicate to managers or supervisors within the process to let them know where they stand from a QA standpoint. So I think there's a real benefit there. Again, real-time data collection and helping us make better decisions quicker in a more efficient manner. And then the last thing I think about from a data standpoint and technology and advancements over the last few years is we've started to use the same type of technology in our maintenance programs when we talk about data collection or using tablets. We now have our maintenance employees out on the floor who also have these tablets similar to what we use in QA, but we're able to send them their daily work orders that they do throughout the day. And so we're using this, this is all data driven and it could be work orders that supervisors are putting into the system, or it can be a work order that a predetermined PM schedule is telling us that we need to do, but we're able to send the maintenance technicians daily work orders that they can work on during the day while we're running. And then as they complete these work orders, then they're putting it in their tablet real time and it's sending that data back to the system. If, for example, they're going to do a work order that's been sent to them and let's say they don't have a part available to do the work order, they can actually go on the tablet while they're working on the floor in real time and can place an order for that part and immediately send it to our planner scheduler and get the part ordered. And again, it just makes the process more efficient and uh, it's real time. We also use that, for example, on the weekends 
whenever we're doing our PMs. So, you know, that's when maintenance does a lot of their work. They're able to break the machines down and do their scheduled PMs. But we're also able to use this system to plan and schedule our work hours accordingly. So if we've got 100 hours worth of work that we have to do this weekend, it helps us schedule the right number of maintenance men to come in on the weekend. If they're going to work eight hours a day, I know exactly how many men I need to bring in on the weekend and I can disperse those work orders to make sure I'm getting as much done as we can on a weekend. So again, we're relying on technology, whereas in years past, we haven't. And so I think certainly that's going to make us much better, more efficient, and hopefully reduce cost as we continue to move forward. Do you have any kinds of data that you'd like to be able to collect that would impact positively your continuous improvement program? As we go forward, you know, labor continues to be one of our biggest challenges. So I think managing the throughput of the individuals to ensure we're maximizing our processes, if we can continue to capture that data to make sure we're as efficient as we should be, but also from a quality standpoint, again, as we see higher turnover in our processes, sometimes if we're not careful, that can affect the quality of our products as well. So I think just the ability to be able to manage the quality in a real-time fashion, I think is certainly going to make us better. So I think the technology is there. It's just a matter of us using it and applying it to continue to address the challenges as we go forward with today's workforce. Thanks so much, Michael, for taking the time to chat with us today on Meeting Pod. And listeners, you can also find insight into Wayne Farms' approach to food safety and quality assurance by reading our February 2021 science profile, Goal Getter, featuring Juan de Vienna, Director of Food Safety and Quality Assurance. You can access it in the digital version of Meeting Place magazine online at meetingplace.com. You can also find out more about Wayne Farms at waynefarms.com, which features videos, recipes, infographics, and more, giving visitors a glimpse into the business and people that deliver amazing chicken products under the Wayne Farms Platinum Harvest, Chef's Craft, Naked Truth, and Lady Bird Signature Brands. Thanks again, Michael. I hope that we get a chance to talk again soon. Thank you, Julie. And thank you all for joining us for Meeting Pod today. And be sure to follow Meeting Place and Altmeet magazines on social media and visit our websites, meetingplace.com and altmeet.net. Until next time. Remember to tune in on Mondays to get the inside track on the people and the processes that drive the protein industry. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Meeting Place and Alt Meet magazines on social media, and be sure to visit our websites at meetingplace.com and altmeet.net. <laughs>